This morning, our special guests, a lot of you know these faces, and uh, we are so blessed to have LifeGate Fellowship with us today. Um, just take a moment here and just recognize that we have Pastor Niles and Joan with us today, and also Jeff and Tanya Harklaw, and um, I see Joni Francis as well up front here. And I just want to recognize a couple others that would be a part of their advisory board. Jeff and Tanya Harklaw are a part of that. Daryl and Barb Zwiefel and Daryl and Debbie Saturn are a part of that board. And um, so a couple of them couldn't be here this weekend. I know they would want to and this Thanksgiving holiday and all of that. But we're thankful for the team that is here. And so I just want to invite you guys to come up and just share with us the things that God is doing at LifeGate. So I just want to invite you to come forward here, all of you, and at that point, um, we're going to share a prayer. I'm going to hand the mic over to them and allow them just to speak in to what God's doing over at LifeGate. So come on up here and join me, and I'm going to share a prayer and hand things over to them. Will you pray with me for this time together? Father, we thank you so much for the ministry of LifeGate Fellowship in that Humboldt community. Lord, we thank you for all that you've been doing, all that you are doing, and the things that you're going to do. We pray for a blessing over this time together and hearing the things that you are up to in the kingdom. And we ask, Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts as a congregation and how we can continue to uh, support and encourage and strengthen together in the kingdom all for the advancement of the name of Jesus. And we thank you for this time now in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Um, we're happy to be here to share a little bit about what's going on over in Humboldt. Um, it's, we just celebrated our third year in September, so that was pretty neat. And I think it was October we had our first membership, so there's actually some members. Um, so we're moving forward with that. We've had a lot of people that have been joining us, obviously with the COVID. Um, some of our guests that we normally see haven't been there. Some have been. But we're also seeing a lot of new faces and stuff as well. So there's some, there's some doors open, I think, from some of the other things. Um, as, he, as Pastor said, there's three on the advisory board, um, two Daryls and myself. I think the problem was we couldn't find another Daryl. So that, that left me. Yeah, yeah the other Daryls. But um, we really, just, it's not just the advisory, but there's so many people, you know, that it, it's funny how God puts everybody in a place where we can all do what we're able to do and make things work and it's working really well and um, one of the exciting things is we are moving forward with the building um, we kind of hoped to have it built this fall or started this fall um, the groundwork is done but the call the contractors were busy so we had to delay that they're gonna we're first in line for the contractor um, as soon as the frost is out which is exciting um, but that gives us a little more time to uh, tweak our plans a little bit and to uh, raise a little bit more money. Um, we're doing incredibly well, we think. Um, we've, we hope to have 50% uh, of it paid for before we finish it or whatever. So I don't know if that means, Pastor, that the more we raise, we can just spend more because we're going <laughs> to shoot for that 50 Something or do like we? That. Okay. So, but it's really exciting. And I think that's going to open up a lot of new doors. Um, the church at the museum, it's been a wonderful home. We've been there two years this December. Um, but it's limited in size, and especially with the COVID. So we've gone to Saturday night services and um, asking some of our guests to spread it out a little bit so that we don't all 
get together. It's a little hard to social distance in there, but we're making it work, and it's, it's working really well. We, we think there's a really good future for us in Humboldt, and um, we're reaching a lot of people. Um, I guess other than to just really to thank Faith Community Church for your vision to uh, seed or plant another church. Um, it's really been wonderful. We, we're not going to let you down. We're, we're doing it for the glory of God, and um, we're really happy with where we're headed. Thank you. Thank you. Jeff has shared some of the very important things that's a part of the congregation. It, um, without a question, the COVID thing is, and it's no different here than it is for us. Uh, it has spread a layer of uh, frustration at times and questions at times. And uh, this thing changes every week. And so we change with it. We're trying to be adaptive and pivot to the next <laughs> Whatever the next thing is, I have no idea. We haven't got the memo yet for what's going on Monday, but um, anyway, I'm sure something is coming down. I think one of the things that has struck me, we, we've seen, if we could get them all together in one spot, we'd fill the place up easily. And, uh, but the other thing is, is the intensity of the spiritual warfare. And I'm, I'm not trying to be melodramatic in saying this, but the intensity is incredibly real. Um, there's, been, there's been so many things along the way. It's just, to me, it has been breathtaking at times that has tried to stop or halt or hinder or whatever. I'll give you a good example. It was last night. We went through five possibilities of a pianist. And the fifth one dropped out at 3 p.m. yesterday afternoon. And so we, uh, we did an acapella thing. And, uh, but anyway, that, this, I, you know, I don't know whether that's spiritual warfare or what it is. I, I'm going to give it, I'm going to blame it on it anyway. And, um, but there's just so many positive things. There's so many things that God is doing. God works often behind the scenes in places that we don't see. But occasionally God pulls back that curtain and allows us to take a peek at what he's doing in the hearts and lives of people that are, that are there in the church and also others that we believe will be coming to the church. And so we're, we're excited about our future. Um, I'm interested in getting that building uh, put up so we can at least get into the thing. And uh, <clears throat> we're looking forward to, to that day. I, you know... Supposedly, it should start around the 1st of March, but uh, the way things are going, who knows when. But uh, we're, I tell you what, we're writing some people pretty hard right now, too. And, um, but we're very happy with the financial response. And we feel that, that God has just really opened up, in many ways, opened up the windows of heaven. And uh, a lot of, uh, has allowed us to accumulate a uh, a, a substantial amount of cash. We want this thing half paid for by the time they come in to dig the footings. And I think that's a very real goal and a very positive reality. And so we're working hard. And we want to thank you in particular for helping us. You've done so many good things. 
I think every once in a while I get a card or a note or an email or something from somebody in this congregation that uh, oftentimes says, you know, we've been praying for you guys and we're thinking about you. And that, I, I can't tell you how much that means to, to myself and I'm sure that it resonates with other people too in the project. So we're very thankful. We're very grateful for each one of you. God bless you. <laughs> I have you guys just hang on to that mic here. And before we have a transition to where Pastor Niles will share our message today, um, we do want to just take a moment that perhaps maybe there's maybe a couple questions that we could take um, that you guys might have about LifeGate right now and the things that are, are going on as they continue to press in on that. So uh, right now, is there anybody that would have a question? And you can just shout it out. I'll repeat it into the mic for everybody to hear. Um, and we can kind of guide on that a little bit. Any questions at all? Yes. Absolutely. The question is, what are like one or two of the most pressing things that we as a congregation can be praying for in LifeGate's direction? I think one of them, and this is a big one, is to be able to, uh, this is endemic of a young church, a very young church, is to get uh, highly committed volunteers to get in there, to teach the Sunday school, to involved in the music, all, all kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, you name the area. And we do have some great people that are, that are stepping up. This is happening. And, but we need some others to also step up and to, be able to, and to be able to be very dependable in those areas. So I think that's a very key thing there for us. Um, I think as we go forward, also this second part I would uh, offer to you, BJ, would be the fact that we want, to, uh, we want to engage more of our people and especially our adults into uh, Christian education. Uh, a lot of these people are not very familiar with the Bible, and uh, they, they have come out of backgrounds maybe in which the Bible was not, not a very strong presence. And there's a lot of people that just simply have no background whatsoever. They've not been a part of a church. And we would like to see them engaged in, in just substantial discipleship. I think that's a, that's, that's a long-term goal there. But, um, and we're working on it, but it's... It is a slow process that we're finding. Any other questions? Yeah. Take comments, we can take comments. Yeah, we have a comment. They appreciate your daily devotions that you put up on Facebook. So very thankful <laughs> for that ministry. That's good to know because um, he says. Should we keep on doing this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we, we'll keep it up. Thank you. Anything else? Yeah. The question here is, are, are you seeing new believers, new life in Christ? And, you know, the goal is reaching the lost. 
And so can you speak into that? I, yes, we sure can. We're, we're seeing people that are, I, you know, what I call just walk off the street new believers. And then there are people that do have kind of a nominal church background that think that they're believers. And after a service or two, they realize they're not believers and they become believers. I just want you to notice how many times I use that word believers. But um, that's, uh, that's what's happening. And uh, we feel like that tempo is going to increase too. And I think, uh, I think, you know, we've still got a lot of people that are nervous about the disease and all of that stuff. And, and uh, uh, I, I'm convinced they want to come, they want to show up. And of course, this is a spiritual issue too. This is not just a matter of walking through the door or something like that. There, this is also tied into some of the spiritual warfare issues, too. And uh, so it's not easy. I, I, I would just mention this uh, at this moment. Uh, I've planted churches before. This is, without a question, the hardest church plant that I've done, the most difficult. And... Um, you know, just it, it has been incredibly stressful, but it's also been incredibly fruitful. So, uh, both. Here is, is it because of COVID that it's stressful? I want to make uh, sure well, you know, you can, so I think you can kind of manage the COVID thing. You know, that's, that's just frustrating and aggravating. Uh, I think mostly it's the stress of, uh, uh, you know, the, obviously some of the volunteerism and things like that. Uh, but I think the spiritual warfare really plays into this thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been tough. It has been really tough. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, about the time you think everything is going great, whack, you get hit by something new. Um, and it's not just one time, it's many times. Um, just need to be praying for him. I do a lot of the video stuff. <laughs> so if you see something that comes out this way, it wasn't me, it was the phone. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, we know that God's in this. And we are seeing lives changed, all the way from the little ones up to the great-grandmas. Oh, you walk into this place and see all of your uh, AV stuff back there, and I, I just have to guard my eyes and my spirit. And, uh, you know, I've got an iPhone 8, and that's what we do it on. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't upload right uh, Well, technology, it's a very delicate thing, absolutely. I just speak into a little bit of the COVID thing regarding just the weight that's on pastors in a season like this, 2020, has been one of the most difficult years for pastors in general. Um, there's a lot of literature out there, things that pastors have been surveyed on. There's, um, I, I think I saw upwards to 50% that are thinking about stepping away because of the weight of everything they're carrying with their congregations. And so I think it's important to recognize that not only are you trying to get this church established with the building and all of that. But then, you know, COVID has played a factor in all of these things as well. And it, there's, a, there's a current level of stress in our culture. And I think you can all agree with that. Everybody's a little on edge. 
Okay, you factor in the fact that we had an election cycle as well. And however that landed for your conviction, people are on edge with all of that. You know, it's unsettled and there's all kinds of things that are going on in our culture. And that carries over into the church. And people, as they're engaging with each other, they're all a little bit on edge at times too. And, and that's, I'm not just saying that's just a faith community church thing. I think God's grace is upon our congregation and I'm so thankful for that of how through all of this, God has done an amazing job in keeping us unified. I know there's been times where we've had little, you know, I don't know if we'd do it that way again, or, you know, but you're working your way through these things. And I think you can probably say the, the same. There's probably things you go, I, maybe we'd have done that a little bit different. But you press in the best way you, you're feeling led by the Lord, and he's faithful to see you through that. And here's the thing, in a world that's completely divided right now, the church needs to be more unified than ever. What a refreshing picture to walk into a building where people are loving on each other, they're unified together in spirit and purpose and a desire to see people come to know Christ. And um, so it's just a blessing to be able to even come together again here in this kind of setting, LifeGate and Faith, and to be able to get this update. And, and um, I'm now excited to transition to hear Pastor Niles preach. Are you guys excited about that? Yes. I tell you what, it's been a long time. I know, and I know you've helped with some funerals here and there um, as the situations came about. But um, at, before we transition to that, I want to just take a moment as a congregation to pray over LifeGate. As they're standing up here, I just ask that you'd extend your hand toward them, and we're going to pray over LifeGate and the ministry of this church. Father, we thank you so much for the ministry of LifeGate Fellowship. Lord, the lives that are being impacted, the lives that are being touched, we're so thankful. We're thankful for what you are doing. In spite of the opposition, Lord, we know, we know that you will build the church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. So, Father, we pray for that victory in Jesus Christ to go with great power and blessing and anointing in that humbled community. We pray for all the details of the new building. And to have that new building, there is momentum about that. There's greater spacing with all of that. There's greater opportunities. But Lord, in the meantime, I pray that you would sustain them and give them great momentum going into that season, especially through this Christmas season. This has been a very unique year, and people need encouragement. People need hope. And I pray that LifeGate would be a church that is bringing that hope to many people in that area. We thank you for Pastor and Joan and their board and all the volunteers and the people that are making things happen behind the scenes. And we pray into that commitment, Lord, that you'd bring more workers into that army. And, Lord, that there would be great discipleship taking place, great life transformation, not just new life in Jesus Christ. That is one of our goals, is to see people come to know you and make it into the kingdom of heaven. But, Lord, develop these individuals into people who are kingdom builders, people who are engaging in your work each and every day. And, Lord, we just thank you for this ministry. We ask for your anointing. We ask for your provision Financially, I pray that you would blow the doors open on their financial goals. 
And it's more than 50% when they get ready to break ground in March or whenever that's going to take place. And Lord, as we partner with them as faith and we support them financially here, I just ask, Lord, that you would guide us, speak to all of our hearts on how we can personally engage with this ministry and supporting them financially as they prepare for the groundbreaking of this new building. Thank you for this update. Thank you for LifeGate. And Lord, we also now ask as we get into the word together and the things you've pressed upon Pastor Niles' heart to share, we ask for your grace upon his lips, upon his heart. And Lord, prepare us to receive from the word today. We thank you for all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Could you give them a hand this morning? Thank you. Pastor Ross, I, I have a little Christmas gift for you right here. I brought with me. I might not get to uh, connect with you, so, uh, and it's my wrapping. I, it's really simple. You pick it a bag, throw it in, and there it is. <laughs> well, thank you. You want me to open it right here? <laughs> Absolutely. Ooh. Moose much. <laughs> oh, thank you. We thought you might enjoy that. This morning, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, and I'll uh, start reading in verse 21 in just a moment. A few weeks ago, I was, I was praying about a number of things, and one of the things uh, that I was just sort of, I guess, allowing to walk through my mind and heart was this, uh, this gathering here today. And what I should say or, or what and how to even approach that. Um, and I believe, oddly enough, I was reading in Mark here and God opened my heart to a couple things that uh, flow out of this passage about, uh, about Jairus and his daughter who was sick and nearing death. And... Uh, and I think the thing that God impressed upon me as much as anything was the word imagine. And I'd looked at this, uh, I'd looked at this passage many times through the eyes of faith, and, and, and it just seemed like God was shifting my thought here just a, a degree or two to look at this as imagine. I, this past Tuesday... We had a couple stop in at our home, and uh, this uh, man and his wife are farmers in, in Humboldt County. They have a very large farming operation. They're part of our church, and we sat in our living room for almost two hours. They were going to just stop by for a couple minutes, and those two minutes turned into two hours. And we talked about what God was doing in their life and what God was doing in the church and some things like that. And, <clears throat> and at one point, the, uh, the husband kind of leaned over, and I don't think he wanted just me to hear it, but I think he meant for everybody to hear it. 
He said, since I've been coming to church, he says, I can't imagine the things that God has been doing in my life, personally. How he's growing my faith, and what that, and he, and he just shared for a moment about that. And he said, I used to go to bed at night and worry about this aspect of the farm and this aspect of the farm, all of these things. He says, now I go to bed at night and I have a peaceful night's sleep knowing that it's in God's hands. That's a wonderful testimony. That's a marvelous moment to just share that thought. I'm going to read my text here in a little bit, but once upon a time, there was a community of believers so devoted to God that their lives had, uh, their lives were changed and they were charged with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. They loved each other, they shared with each other, they shared their resources, they laughed together, they cried together. They loved one another, they prayed together, they sang, and all of these things. And this community was so bold and so loving, so dynamic, and so attractive that they added daily to their group. This is the New Testament church. This is the objective and the goal of any New Testament church that believes that God wants them to influence and touch their community. And it's a bold goal. And it's not an easy one to necessarily always accomplish. But that needs to be set out there in front of us. This is what God wants us to do. Mark chapter, 20, uh, chapter 5, verse 22. This is actually inset into a series into a, into a series of miraculous events that Jesus was involved in. It actually begins back in chapter 4 and verse 35, where Jesus urged his disciples to get into the little boat, and they were going to go across the Sea of Galilee, and a, and a great storm came up. And Jesus stilled that storm with just a few words, Peace, be still. And the waters became calm. He has power over nature. In Mark chapter 5 and beginning in verse 1, we see an incident that came up. And here is a man that was filled with demonic power. A man that nobody can control. A man that, that frightened anybody that would come around him. And Jesus spoke to this man and delivered this man from this demonic, demonic possession. Jesus has power over demon possession. In this text, embedded actually in my text, is another situation of a woman with a, with a disease that had, that, had, that had encompassed her life, that surrounded her life for years. And she simply touched Jesus' garment. And the Bible says she was healed. Jesus has power over disease. And in the text that I'll read here, which is actually divided, 
Jesus raises a little 12-year-old girl from a bed of death. Jesus has power over death. And I'm going to tell you something about COVID. Jesus has power over COVID. This thing may be everywhere, but so is God. And you need to keep that in mind. This needs to be in our hearts and in our, heart, in our minds. Imagine. The word means to envision or to, or to picture something or to uh, expect something. It means to form a picture in your mind. It means to be able to have a mental image or a, or a concept of something that can be. Imagine is also a verb. It means that it is something that you do, not just something that you wait to happen. Imagine. Several weeks ago, and I've done this on more than one occasion, but a few weeks ago, I, uh, one, one afternoon, I drove over to our building site, and of course, the, the, so, the groundwork has been pretty much done, and so you can kind of get a picture, you can get an idea of what sort of a, somewhat of an outline of this thing. And I got out of the car and I walked up on that, that dirt that, uh, that has been prepared and I stood where I would stand on a Sunday morning and I saw faces. I saw people. As I looked this way and I, as I looked this way, I saw the faces of people. And to imagine that God is going to bring people in, people who need hope, people who need Jesus, people who are tired of the desperations of their life, can find a peace that only Christ can satisfy. My text tells me about a man named Jairus. Let me read a little bit of it. I'm going to actually begin reading in verse 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, talking about Jesus here, when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Keep your Bibles open because we're going to go back and forth on this just for a moment. Jairus. He knew about Jesus. I'm guessing that Jairus was there when this demonic man was delivered of demons. It was in the same town, in the same community. I believe Jairus was a witness to this. He had heard of the other miracles of Jesus. He knew about what, what this man represented here. He also knew about the criticisms of Jesus. Jeff, Jairus was, if, Jairus, if Jairus was ever on the fence when it came to Jesus, he wasn't now. That was behind him. That was over. A desperate need will do that and it will drive you wherever you can get the help. And so this desperate dad came to Jesus and fell down in humility before Jesus. Come and lay your hands 
on my daughter so that she will be healed. He saw that. I'm going to give Jairus the credit and says he saw his daughter healed. He asked the one who is the healer, come and heal my daughter and she'll be well. Jairus pleaded with Jesus. If you will, it was the 911 call. And Jesus answered not with words, but with deeds. The Bible says he went with him. Now, here comes an interesting interlude that comes in wedging its way right into the middle of this story. So Jesus is going along the road. Everybody's crowding around him. And there was an interruption. And the Bible says the people pressed in on Jesus. I can, can you get this picture in your mind? I mean, it's Black Friday. Walmart has three TVs, 50-inch TVs for 79 bucks, and you want one. And so does 150 other people that are waiting for that one door to open. They pressed in on Jesus. I mean, they were crowded around Jesus. It was wall to wall, shoulder to shoulder people. Everybody, everybody. And everybody wanted to see Jesus. Everybody wanted to reach out to him and be noticed by Jesus. It was a circle of humanity crying out to him, maybe even trying to touch him. Can you imagine if you were Jairus? He started, it's, it all started good. Jesus is coming to my house. This is good. He's coming to my house. He was desperate. And so was somebody else. A woman who had been sick for 12 years. And the Bible says she had seen all of the doctors tried all of the cures. She'd spent her money. And every cure might have raised a hope, but in the end, it drove her into a deeper discouragement. It didn't work. And in the middle of that crowd that was pressing in on Jesus, a desperate woman who wanted help so bad, and I believe with all of my heart today, a woman that could imagine, I can be healed. I can touch this guy. If I can touch a piece of his robe, this is a man that has healed paralytics, has healed people who have had blindness, and deafness. He's healed them all. If I can touch, if I can just touch, I can be healed. And I will be healed. And that was her goal. That was her objective. She pressed into the crowd. It would have been easy for this, you know, 12 years. After 12 years, wouldn't it have been easy to just say, you know, I just, this isn't going to work. I feel defeated. Nothing's going to happen. I guess I'm done. I guess I'm going to have to figure out a way I'm going to live with this. But the Bible says differently. 
It didn't matter how many setbacks that you've experienced. Never give up, never give up, never give in, because, listen to me, friends, Jesus is coming your way. Do you understand that? Jesus is coming your way. And today, today in this church service, this is the opportunity for you to be able to reach to him and see what he will do in your situation, in your life, with whatever cause that you might have, because he's coming your way, and he's here today. Glory to God. I'm so thankful for that. She didn't give up. You know, Jesus could have turned around and said to this woman that touched him, he could have said, you know what, I heal you. Done. But you know what, there was something else involved here. And I think this is important for us to notice. Uh, He wanted her to know that healing work could not be accomplished without her action and her faith and her ability to imagine what it would be like to walk free of this disease. And so her faith connected with God's faith. And something wonderful started. I see that at LifeGate. Faith connecting with God's faith. And something wonderful begins to happen. And starts to work in our lives. One of the most valuable things that can happen in your life is for God to birth a vision, a dream. To help you imagine something in your life. To imagine is is to have the insight into the possibilities before they are even obvious. Now, to be fair with you, there's there's likely going to be a lot of people that will show up. Matter of fact, I'm not so sure if they won't line up. To come into your life to tell you what you cannot do. And we've had our fair share of that. And I said with, you know, I said with a pastor, I, I have some responsibility for some pastors in this area. And I sat with one in late May. His church was in a free fall. And finally he recognized it. I mean, I recognized it at about two, three years ago. Finally he recognized it and he sat with me in the living room of my home and, and we talked for over an hour and I said, what can you imagine? What can you imagine in your church? And and he didn't have much to say. And I said, how about trying some of these things? And we, we just kind of reeled off things just as I was thinking about it. And I said to him, how much money do you have in the bank? <clears throat> he says, oh, we have $10,000. I said, good, let's spend some of it. <clears throat> Your entryway really needs to be spruced up because it's terrible. And you need to do some work here and here. And I've been in this church and uh, you need to just spruce the place up. And, and this, is, this is a matter of paint and some stuff like this. Just freshen it up. He told me this. He says, well, I'm saving that money. That way I can pay our insurance premium for the next three years. And I said to him, you don't have three years. You don't have three months. Does that sound hard? A little bit. Three months later, he called me. He says, we don't have any people coming anymore. And a month after that, nobody had showed up. I says, we're closing the church. 
and we did. You've got to imagine what God is going to do in your situation, your life, your church. We can call it vision, you can call it other things, but there is an image that God places within our hearts to show us exactly what he wants to do. Now, like I say, the negative people will show up. The cynics, the critics. I have always discovered that cynics and critics really don't get too far with God. They get so far, they stall out and that's it. Lucy and Charlie Brown are theologians. Sometimes. Charlie Brown and Lucy were talking one day about the future. And Charlie Brown does this. He holds up his hands and he says, These are the hands of a great surgeon. These are the hands who will build great buildings. These are the hands that will write a great novel. Lucy looks at him and says, Charlie Brown, your hands have jelly on them. That'll bring you down. That'll lower you up just a little bit. But we've got to imagine. We've got to imagine. I need to move quickly here. I don't want to, want to waste my time. Ruth Ann Minner gives me an encouraging story. Her life started out as the daughter of a sharecropper in Delaware. And by the time she was 16, she dropped out of high school so that she could help support her family. Later on, she eventually married. She had three children. And then at the age of 32, her husband suddenly died of a heart attack, leaving Ruth Ann Minner with, as a single-parent mom with three small kids and no high school degree. She worked in various places for a while, and after two or three, four years, she finally was able to get her GED. And then some years later, she was able to get a job as a clerk in the Delaware House of Representatives, as one of the clerks. And she worked at that for quite a while. And then she also served as a part-time receptionist for the governor. Then she decided something. This is a woman that came from a very difficult background, but she could imagine more. She decided, I'm going to run for office. And lo and behold, she won a seat in the Delaware House of Representatives. And she held that seat for several years. And then she decided, I'm going to run for office again, this time for governor. And she won the governorship. And she served two terms. This is a girl that didn't have a high school degree that dropped out to support her family, that worked hard, got some more education, worked at small-level small jobs and things like this, but she had, a, she had a vision, she had an imagination that God had more for her than what she, what she was looking at at that point. She said this in her last inaugural address. She said, she said this, I catch this line, Here's what you do. My philosophy is this. Work hard, do the right thing, 
Leave things better than you found them. Imagine. Let's go back to Jairus for a moment. If I was Jairus, I would be saying to Jesus, could you wait just one hour? Come back and touch this other woman? My girl is dying. And then, lo and behold, somebody rushed up to him and said, your daughter is dead. She just died. And Jairus says something very powerful. He says, let's go to my house. And they did. And there was all kinds of weeping, all kinds of mourning and everything like that going on at that moment. And everything was, uh, it, was, it, was not a, it was not a place of great faith. And Jesus said this. He said, I want all these people out of here. And mom, dad, you and I are going in to that little girl that had just died. And he took Peter, James, and John. And they went in there. And the Bible says this. When Jesus looked at that, he took the child by hand in verse 41, Talitha kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. And that's exactly what she did. Because Jesus is Lord over death. I believe this passage teaches us a couple things. Number one, cynicism will never get you close to Jesus. Cynicism. Number two, what God did for us yesterday is meant to fill us for faith for the challenges that we meet tomorrow. God is always building in our life, always. He's always working. The song that I'm going to talk to you about I'm going to close with this. It was first recorded in 1999. It's a song I've heard in this church many times. I can only imagine. It was written by a Texas young guy. Only Imagine is the best-selling and the most played contemporary Christian song since radio was invented. That's saying quite a bit. Bart Millard is the writer of this song. He was out for football, got injured. His folks were upset about that injury. But one of the things he liked to do was kind of dabble around with creating songs. Kind of had a poetic bent to him. And so he wrote this song. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine, I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance before you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Or will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. Bart Millard wrote that in 10 minutes. I want to speak to people here this morning 
Maybe there are people gathered here that what will come up on the screen in a moment is a picture of a stump. And you've been chopped down. And you feel like, I can't grow back. I've done too much stuff to make a new start. And people tell you that's not going to happen in your life. And then something begins to happen from that stump. Something begins to grow. And it's what God wants to do in every one of our lives. It's not about me. It's bigger than me. And God wants to grow it. My thought, I prayed this more than once. It's, a little, it's not really a prayer, it's just a sentence. May God bless you with enough foolishness to believe you can make a difference in this world and that you can do what others claim cannot be done. Can you imagine that for your life personally? Act foolishly, not act foolishly, but let God bless you with enough foolishness to believe, to imagine what God will do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the eternal word of God because it is grace and truth. It 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 is an incubator of faith in every one of our lives. Today, help us to imagine Imagine what you want us to do. Imagine what our life can be. Imagine what the possibilities are. Imagine what it would be like if we could just start over in an area of our life. Father, help somebody to recognize today that this is a day of a fresh beginning of life, and that God is greater than anything that we could ever imagine because he is the Lord over nature. He is the Lord over the enemy's power. He is the Lord over sickness and disease. He's the Lord over death. And that being said, he is the Lord over my life. Let it be as I could imagine for me. To your glory, we praise you. Amen. God bless you.